Welcome to this episode of ClearedCast, your source for security clearance, intelligence community, espionage, national security, and defense contracting updates, and our exclusive interviews with intelligence community and government leaders. Hi, this is Lindy Kaiser with clearancejobs.com, and welcome. Today we have one of our hottest topics in the national security and cleared recruiting and hiring space, and that's drug use and your security clearance. Joining us today is Kimberly Berlin. She is the owner and operator of the Berlin Group, um, specializing in security clearance evaluations and mental health treatment for federal government employees and contractors. They are certified by the Department of Homeland Security to assess and treat individuals with security clearance issues relating to alcohol or substance abuse disorders, also certified by the Department of Hearings and Appeals, or DOHA, as a subject matter expert. Miss Berlin is a licensed clinical social worker, certified substance abuse counselor in the Commonwealth of Virginia, has a master's in addictions counselor, and certified as a substance abuse professional by the Department of Transportation. That is a lot of uh, accreditations and certifications and um, more. So thank you so much, Miss Berlin, for joining us and for sharing your expertise with our audience. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure. And an honor. And so, again, the topic is drug use. We're seeing a lot more questions about quote unquote legal drug use as it pertains to the clearance process. I'm curious if you're seeing more issues come through your practice as a result of, you know, just the the greater prevalence of, again, this kind of legal drug use. I think what 17 states now have legal drug use on the book. So, obviously, it's hitting the national security community just like it's hitting other audiences. Good question and a really important one for security clearance, persons with security clearances and people applying. I am seeing a lot more people with statements of reasons where marijuana in states that have legalized marijuana are using that rationale. Oh, it's legal. But despite all the information that's been disseminated, drugs like marijuana are not legal under federal law. I cannot emphasize that enough. If you use marijuana under any circumstance, you are subject to having your security clearance denied, suspended, or revoked. It's that cut and dry. Not fair, perhaps, but that's the way the feds are working it. So if anything, the federal government is being more rigid than ever about drug use in states where it has become legal. It's just no longer an excuse. Gummies, vapes, edibles, pipes, joints, it's all the same. It's illegal at the federal level. So anyone who's seeking a clearance needs to read the guidelines and become familiar with the conditions that could raise a security concern. I can't tell you how many clients I've had who haven't even read the guidelines after they've been subjected to a clearance process. You've got to read the document. And the first one listed under guideline H, drug involvement and substance misuse, which is page 17, is any, and they mean it, any drug use. So I've conducted evaluations for folks who admitted to smoking once. And they were then involved in a security clearance process one time, and they got involved in a security clearance process. So for higher security level clearances like top secret, compartmentalized, or secured access program, the vetting process for drug and alcohol use is more stringent and rigid than ever before. It includes hair follicle tests, random tests, and even independent contractors 
coming to your home with 15 minutes advance notice for a random drug urine analysis. And since October 2020, these regulations have become more exacting and less flexible. I mean, that's interesting because I think the common thought or, or speculation is that perhaps the government would start to kind of look the other way when it comes to drug use. And I've heard the drug testing question, you know, some I think some defense contractors or private sector companies are starting to wonder if they should continue to drug test their employees. I think what you're saying is that, you know, the scrutiny is still there and the government is still very much concerned about drug use, even if it's, you know, even if it's your marijuana gummies. Absolutely correct. And folks need to remember that, keep that in mind and not be swayed by the fact that a state law does not trump Fed. Fed trumps state anytime. And on the contrary, the regulations and the processes, vetting processes are becoming more rigid, more intense. I'm not sure why. That's a whole different conversation, but it is where where things are at right now. So People need to be really aware that although a state might be lax in law, federal law is still very much prevalent. Yeah. And then now talk to me about passage of time, because that used to be the kind of the number one recommendation we would make to folks. If you have drug use in your background, the best thing you can do is to allow a certain amount of passage of time before applying. We, we used to kind of say one year was kind of the, the benchmark average. But now with it being, you know, we certainly see college, you know, if you're a college graduate and again, quote unquote, legal drug use is a part of your college experience, you're applying for a job in the fall. Do you think passage of time is slightly less relevant than it used to be? Or are you still seeing government consider, no, you need to have some, some amount of passage of time before you apply if there's drug use in your background? Yeah, not at all less relevant. On the contrary, it's the longer, the better. So if you are in college and, you know, uh, and you're in your, let's say, junior year and you have an eye toward eventually working with the government in one capacity or another where you would have a security clearance, quit now while you're ahead. Just quit smoking, quit doing any kind of drugs whatsoever. But for marijuana use, one year is a minimum that would be considered a mitigation factor. Any other drug use like cocaine, MDMA or ecstasy mushrooms, opioids, Adderall, which college kids are using for cramming on exams. You need to show a minimum of 18 to 24 months of no use. And better if you combine it with some sort of program of recovery. So it could be a 12-step fellowship like Narcotics Anonymous or a program like Smart Recovery, or even working with a priest or a pastor and engaged in some kind of religious or spiritual recovery. You have to show sincere and viable actions towards mitigation of past behavior. Applicants should ensure that there has been no drug use in their history for a minimum of 18, 24 months and longer is better. If you hold a security clearance and you're employed by the government in any way and you use drugs of any kind, the government will suspend or revoke the clearance almost immediately. I've seen it over and over again. A bachelor party, a wedding, New Year's Eve, one joint, one line, and you've just jeopardized your entire career. So the best advice is allow plenty of time between use and application. And if you can, 
earlier in your college career, do it. Definitely. It's not easy. I appreciate that. But the longer passage of time you have, the better. Yeah. And you bring up a good point with the Adderall and the prescription drug abuse. So we know, you know, the opioid epidemic is something that we've talked about a lot, you know, across America. Are you seeing more prescription drug abuse issues? I can't, I feel like that's something I have not seen in the Doha cases that I've looked at, but again, maybe, maybe I'm just not coming across them or maybe just because it's easier to, to hide that kind of abuse. But are you seeing more cases in your practice of that? I'm not seeing more cases of opioid, but I am seeing more cases of Adderall. And Adderall is ready, readily available through friends because um, so many people have been diagnosed with ADD or ADHD and, they're, you know, and the prescriptions are handed out like candy. So, oh, I have a friend down the hall who is, you know, has a prescription for Adderall. I've got a, you know, major final in 48 hours. I'll just ask them for a couple of tabs and I'll be fine. Well, no, <laughs> you won't be fine. You may pass the exam, but it will come up on your security clearance. So the opioid epidemic and the opioid prescription, um, we're not seeing that as much as we were maybe three or four years ago, where a lot of, you know, injuries and pain and that kind of thing. I think doctors are finally getting savvy about very limited amount of prescriptions. And also there are many different mitigations uh, with pharmacies and distribution, et cetera. So that we're seeing reduced Adderall, however, and any kind of a stimulant and we're seeing an increase with ecstasy MDMA because, you know, go out to a party or go out to a dance club and it's rampant. It's everywhere. So um, may make the lights brighter and may make dancing more fun, but it can ruin a government career in a very short amount of time. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's I mean, the Adderall one is one that comes out. And I think a lot of folks have to remember, we kind of, we talk about the general, you know, security clearance application process, and you might not list something on there, but especially if you're going, you know, in for a TS, SEI clearance, a higher level clearance, you go in there for a polygraph examination, you're probably going to be asked questions that are going to dig into, you know, anything, things that you might not have disclosed before. I think with drug use in particular, anything, you know, that someone might be, ashamed of in their past or kind of wish they hadn't done. There's always some ambiguity and folks try to conceal things. Kind of talk about that. Like not reporting drug use is actually worse often than just reporting it and dealing with the consequences. Absolutely. Liddy, absolutely. And I've seen this over and over again in my evaluations where a young person or even, you know, a not so young person has gone off to a bachelor party or a camping event or something and someone had a joint and they smoked the joint. And the next thing you know, they're up for their 10 year and they have a poly and it comes out. You cannot, you know, you can't lie on a poly. You can't manipulate the machine. Ain't going to happen. The number one caveat that I have for anyone who's either applying or in the government under no circumstances ever, ever lie to the government or leave out your drug history. It's non-negotiable. So you can't mitigate lying. And you can't say, oh, but I was afraid how it would look or, oh, I didn't think recreational use was substance use or, oh, but I've only used it a handful of times. I'm not an addict, right? None of these rationales work. You will get caught in a lie. And then if you omit or lie, 
you are going to end up in a security clearance process and your character and your conduct is going to come into question. So better to tell the truth, better to come clean and then deal with those you know, consequences. But the number one rule for anyone who has a security clearance or wants to get one is applying or already in government is never ever under any circumstances lie to the government on paper or in person ever. It seems like, you know, the easy thing to do at the time. But again, especially find folks, you know, you might be able to get by with it at a secret level clearance. I mean, I shouldn't say that. But if you're going in again for a TS, you know, clearance or above, they're going to be asking, you know, for references, they're going to be following up on, you know, adverse information, you know, they're going to be looking into your character, reliability, trustworthiness. So things, you know, things are going to get disclosed. And so it's, again, certainly better to be better to be upfront. You know, I've seen people enter the security clearance process with public trust. I've had quite a few cases where people have had public trust and maybe it's the agency they're working with, but there is a, you know, a really a zero tolerance policy with lying on any kind of a document. And if it is secret, I've seen clients, you know, also enter a security clearance process because they either their application, they got caught or after 10 years, they were being upped to a TSSCI. And what happens is they look back at the original documentation and they say, wait a minute, you didn't say that 10 years ago. What happened here? At the end of the day, do the next right thing despite the personal consequences, right? And if you do that and you follow that rule of thumb, you'll always come out okay, as opposed to getting in a double door uh, situation where you've lied and used drugs. Bring it on home with CBD products. I can't go anywhere <laughs> without finding a CBD product. Is it the same as drug use? Have you seen any issues of CBD come up in your practice at all? I have in a couple of really, really big cases actually. CBD is a derivative of marijuana. It's an extract. And there are some derivatives that are isolates, which means they're even further um, chemically altered from a marijuana plant. Some come from a marijuana plant. Some come from hemp. Some have, you know, 0.3, I think it is, percent um, uh, THC in it. Some have zero, all right? If you are going to use CBD, use hemp-based isolate with zero percent, because at least then you can say the, the CBD that I used is at zero percent. If it has any THC in it, the government is going to consider it as a drug because of despite 0.3 percent, there is THC in it. So unfortunately, the federal government, despite the medical benefits of CBD, and I might add, despite the fact that entities like National Institute of Health have done extensive studies on the benefits of CBD, the federal government, when it comes to security clearances, does not view CBD as a legitimate substance. So using it will result in applicant or an existing employee having their clearance suspended or revoked and going through an entire security clearance mitigation process. I had a client who had cancer, prostate cancer, and his doctor suggested that he use CBD. He got a special paste. He was as thorough as possible with his vetting. And the website did not state that there was any THC 
in the product. He went in for a random drug test and THC was found in his system and he lost his security clearance. This became a huge case that I was involved in. Ironically, the paste, the CBD paste, shrank the tumor on his prostate to virtually nothing. But the feds didn't care. They were like, no, you tested positive on a drug test. So you have to be, this was a huge learning for me because, you know, yes, it's a CBD, but if it has THC in it, even trace amounts, that THC is stored in your liver and it lasts. And then it also is stored in your hair follicle. And so it lasts, it's in there in your body for 90 days or more. So don't for a second think you can flush THC out of your body because you can't. It just doesn't happen that way. So the best caveat, if you are going to use CBD, and, and trust me, I'm the first one to acknowledge the benefits from sleep to anxiety to inflammation, use a hemp-based product with zero THC in it. That's my best advice on CBD. Okay. Well, taking the CBD gummies off my Christmas list then. <laughs> Kimberly, any other final takeaways or things that we didn't address for use in the calendar? Well, yeah, just a couple points that I wanted to let the audience know about. First of all, alcohol. Watch that consumption. Uh, One DUI is going to be enough to reject a security clearance application and suspend or revoke a security clearance being held. So more than one DUI, and I've seen several cases with three or more come through, right? The government is not going to let that go through the process. And, you know, drinking and driving in an era of Uber, there's really no excuse. There's just none. And that's how the federal government sees it. And they are very stringent about it. So watch that alcohol consumption overall for your health, but especially no drinking and driving. And the last point I want to make, um, because this is something I have not seen uh, until recently, I have worked on cases of an increasing number of sexual misconduct issues. So these include the use of pornography online on a government computer, whether at the office or a government-issued laptop at home or while you're on the road. And it also includes surfing and accessing sites like Tinder. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't ever use your government computer or phone for anything other than official use. If you frequent massage parlors, use escorts, prostitutes, or even have an affair while you're married, you will be subject to suspension or revocation of a security clearance. And like I said, I'm seeing more and more of these issues come across my, you know, my desk and not sure why, (laughs) but the caveat here is be careful and, you know, watch what you're doing. The best rule of thumb for any security clearance is think first before you act. That's the best advice I can give your audience. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that (laughs) make sure your judgment and reliability are always on. I think if you if you do have a federal security clearance, if you have access to classified information, I mean, that's what the government wants you to know. And so, yeah, they are not super um, forgiving about a quote unquote, momentary lapse in judgment, unless there's some serious mitigating factors there. So again, whether it's, you know, drug use when you have a clearance or, you know, that accidental escort service, I don't know, that's going to be a hard one to argue, but whatever it is, 
they want to make sure that you're, you know, you're staying on the right side of the law, federal law when it comes to drug use as well. Absolutely correct. Absolutely correct. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Kimberly. Really appreciate you joining us in this conversation. And I think it's an important reminder for both security clearance holders and applicants. This is Katie Keller, editor at clearancejobs.com. Thank you for listening to this episode of ClearedCast. For more information on career and recruiting advice, visit news.clearancejobs.com.